0: I'm super excited um, to share with you a little bit today about um, both my time in Dauphin as well as, as hope. Um, and as you can see, this scripture up there that's been really, really, really profound. It's so not a Christmas scripture. It's not a Mary scripture. It's not an Elizabeth scripture. It's not a Simeon praising in the temple scripture. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent. Or as the message puts it, listen to this. But oh, God is in his holy temple. Quiet, everyone. A holy silence. Listen. Let me pray. Father, we long for you. We wait for you. And we anticipate you, for we know that you are faithful, and we know that you have come once and that you will come again. We sit in the silence, Father, longing to hear from you. And so help us today to hear something, to hear hope, to hear grace, to hear mercy in the silence. In Jesus' name, amen. We sung this earlier, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Just listen. That was difficult, wasn't it? Maybe even a little bit awkward. Maybe a little bit unnerving. To encounter silence. And that was only one minute. 60 seconds. 60 seconds worth of silence. Now imagine with me, if you can, 400 years of silence. Now, not the kind of silence that we just experienced. 400 years of waiting to hear from God. And so today I have this uh, a privilege, I consider it a privilege, um, to share with you about two rather strange bedfellows. We are going to talk about hope and silence. And I'm going to share a little bit about this place, right here, the Dauphin Church of Christ and Parkland Crossing, which is their, their broader ministry, their bigger ministry. Um, and I'm going to attempt to weave together just a brief reflection on my experience, my time with the college team in Manitoba. Um, but be warned, it's a two-parter. Um, I've been blessed with the opportunity to talk about joy in a couple weeks, and so It's going to be a bit of a cliffhanger, a little bit of a cliffhanger. Um, As Chris has mentioned, uh, this is the first Sunday of Advent. And in many churches, Advent marks the beginning of the liturgical calendar. Advent simply means coming or arrival from the Latin word Adventus. It's a time of waiting a time of anticipating, a time of watching for the coming of the Christ child. New life, new birth, new hope coming into our world and coming into our lives. And it's the fulfillment of God's promises. Now, what I find fascinating is Advent is the beginning of the liturgical year. And it begins, go ahead, bear with me, begins in darkness. Think about what you experience around you in the winter time. Our days are shorter. The night comes sooner. The earth, the creation, seems to become still, to become silent. Something about Advent that brings forth for us ah, this idea of longing, this idea of waiting, this idea of anticipation. And it's also waiting and watching and preparing um, for the eschaton, for the end, when the kingdom of God will be revealed in its fullness. It'll be a present reality. And it's grounded in this ancient expectation of the Messiah. And so we share today and, and... and hopefully this will, will help us sort of just slow down a little bit, um, we share in that long preparation toward our Savior's first coming, and we can renew our hope that he's going to come again. It's a time of anticipation, a time of expectation, and a time of silence. It's a time where we can prepare ourselves to receive the gift of Jesus. A time, according to Steve Bell in his, his new series, Pilgrim Year, where we are encouraged to attend deeply to the pulse of this season, to enter into it quietly, penitently, patiently, and expectantly, allowing it to penetrate and resound in the fecund depths of our souls. And if we're really honest with ourselves, Advent begins with a focused attention to the agony of our most profound longings, 400 years of silence. So we wait in darkness. We wait in absence. We wait in the silence. Back to those two strange bedfellows, silence and hope. This is a remarkable passage of scripture um, in the Old Testament. And I love how the message puts it. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. You know, that wait for hope to appear. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I'm actually doing not too bad at the silence thing. I'm learning more and more to appreciate silence, which probably has a whole lot to do with the fact that I have two little people, you know, two kids, right? Two young children. You, you, we, I long for peace and quiet. I long for silence, you know? So I don't do, I don't do too bad with the silence piece. But what I don't do very well is the Marnie piece. You see, when I have to sit by myself, all by myself, with just me, it's ugly. And it's messy. And it's painful. And it's dark. And it's weary. Because once I'm able to get over myself, The pretense, the excuses, the justifications, this jockeying for power and control, the brokenness, the laundry that I have to put in, the papers I need to mark. In the very depth of Marnie, I encounter hope. I encounter the living hope. God's presence comes to me. In the silence, God's promises come to me. And silence is the place, I believe, where God comes to meet us. Now you're probably asking yourself what this has to do with hope, and I'm going to get there, honest. Our most profound moments in our lives Think, think back. The most profound moments in your life are marked by silence and they're marked by hope. The anxious silence as parents wait for that first cry of their newborn baby. Our silent presence when we simply don't have the words to ease the pain and the suffering of someone around us, when the hard things in life strike us out of nowhere, we are silent. The silent beauty of God's creation, it catches our breath. And we're silent. And the silent awe and reverence when God comes to meet us in our brokenness, in our longing. In our agony, the silent tenderness of pure grace. Yeah, The sacred moments, the holy moments, the God moments, they're marked by silence. Let me tell you a little story. As some of you are aware, many of you that have had conversations with me in the last little while, and even last year when I had a chance to go uh, to Manitoba, Parkland Crossing was once the McKay Residential School. It then became Western Christian College, and now is the home of the Dauphin Church of Christ. Seventeen years ago, a precious friend of mine, wonderful friend of mine, sent out a prayer from that place that Parkland Crossing would be a place where students could come and learn what it looks like to do ministry, to learn what it looks like to practice and to engage and to to navigate what it looks like to, to be the church. 17 years ago, Alberta Bible College sent its first team to Parkland Crossing in the fall of 2016, two and a half years ago. There's a significant amount of waiting, a significant amount of watching, a significant amount of longing, and a significant amount of hope that was birthed in the silence. Yet to those of us on the outside looking in, myself included, 17 years later, in one glance, in one stepping on the ground, in one putting your feet in that place, we can see the faithfulness of God. We can see the glory of God. Our students look at that place and they go, whoa. Now hear me, hear me when I say this. The church in Dauphin, It's filled with broken people. Broken people who love Jesus, broken people who serve Jesus, broken people who cling tightly to the faithfulness of God and the the promises of God. Um, And I think I can say this, and and, and they would amen it. Um, There's nothing special about what they do. But there's a whole lot of special about the plans and the purposes that God set in motion to redeem and restore McKay Residential School. And in the silence, my friends heard the hope that God was pouring out into that place. We do a number of things. So those are my those are my that's my team from this year. Um, and we do a number of things when we are there. Okay? We do we do service projects. We we worship with the church. We we go to other churches. Um, we 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 sing hymns at the hospital, and we've sung hymns at the care home. Uh, we've participated in youth group in a variety of churches in the area. We've done a wanna. We've participated in the blanket exercise among a number of of other things and we're busy, and we're busy. But when we slow down, when we have the opportunity to just take a little bit of space, to be quiet, to be silent, we encounter the God who is there already, and who is still yet to come. See, God, I believe, he speaks quietly in the silence. And he whispers in the stillness. And he says, I haven't forgotten you. I'm here. I will come, just be still. Just be quiet. I'm coming. And hope is born in our lives. In the lives of, of of my friends in Manitoba, because we know that he who promised is faithful. I like to read. I I read just about anything, um, including the back of cereal boxes and uh, flyers and advertisements. Um, and I like to know how things end. I like to know how things end. I like nice, tidy, wrapped-up stories. It's true. I like it. (laughs) And even though I plan on doing this to you today, and pray you'll forgive me, um, I don't like cliffhangers. I don't. And for us who stand today, us who sit here today, see, we're on the other side of the cross the other side of the resurrection, the other side of the ascension. We know how the story ends. And it's easy for us. It's easy for me to forget the messiness and the brokenness and the hopelessness and the detours and the silence. 400 years of silence and what advent does is it invites us to enter into the silence with anticipation you know, resting in and upon the promises of god so that we may experience hope anew how we hope in things Are we hope in things so we may experience hope anew because in the silence there's this matrix of, of hope and redemption and salvation. And yet we celebrate this time of year, we enter into Advent and it's necessarily incomplete. We know that He will come again, and yet we live we live in the middle, we live in the not so neat and tidy. We live in the in-between. We live life between the bookends. And so scripture tells us this. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. Let us wait quietly. For our hope is in God. And I believe that in this season, Advent is hard. Advent is, is, is difficult. Um, we need to somehow figure out how to prepare small, quiet places in our souls and in our communities and in our churches. And, and Chris alluded to this. We need to create these spaces where the busyness doesn't overwhelm us. Where we're still and when we're quiet. Because we still long for and we still wait for the fulfillment of Jesus' work and the rebirth of creation. It's a tricky thing. Okay, I don't know what silence is gonna look for look like for each of us individually. I don't know. Here's what I, I here's what I think I know. Here's what I think I know. It has something to do with letting go. It has something to do with letting go of the busyness, the consumption, the noise, the activity, and entering into the groanings of creation. Entering into the middle part of the story that tells us things are not quite how they're supposed to be. And you know what? That's not okay but it's the way it is. In the silence, hope will come. We need to sit with the truth, the pain, the longing, the agony, the brokenness, all the while waiting expectantly for God to appear. See, that's what Advent is. It's waiting for God to appear. We know, we know that the whole creation But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. It's a little bit easier for us, right now, as we sit here, to await the fulfillment, because we know that God has already entered the world as a baby. We know that. So it's easy. It's easy for us when we spend time in Dauphin to know that it can be okay. That hope is, hope is real. But the incarnation, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ announces to us that the Creator God has been and is always at work in His creation, tending reshaping, renewing, listening, changing, and redeeming, even when he seems silent, even when we're too noisy to hear him. But we're not quite there yet. And I know this is going to be maybe hard for you, a little bit of a stretch. I want you to try. Try with me. This first week of Advent, the week of hope, we're to wait expectantly, to anticipate that God is on the move, to experience anew the wonder of the incarnation, to sit in silence as we wait for hope to appear. But see, here's the thing. The manger's still empty. We like to jump from the first week of Advent to Christmas. He's coming. Oh, he's here. Ah. We wait. We wait. We plant seeds. Yeah, for sure. We plant seeds when we're in Dauphin. And I'm going to allude to the cliffhanger. We plant seeds when we're in Dauphin. And we only have, have the privilege, we only have the honor, we only have the grace to be there for a week in the fall, every year. You know, those those students, they serve, they love, and they give, and they plant seeds, and then they have to wait. And they don't get to see immediately. They have to wait. I have to wait. (laughs) The manger, it's still empty so we wait. My favorite, 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 my favorite Christmas carol, believe it or not, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love it. My favorite, favorite, favorite Christmas carol. But I got to tell you, I also love this old hymn, O Holy Night. One line, one line that should drive us to our knees every time we sing it, every time we hear it. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. See, I stand here in front of you and I feel my weariness. And I, I, I feel the world's weariness. In Dauphin, we feel the weariness of brokenness of sin-ravaged and desperate people that are longing for hope, of poverty and of racism and of rejection, the weariness of children who go to school with nothing in their bellies and wearing the same clothes that they've worn for the last three days, of little girls who don't even have a pair of panties to wear. You see, we feel the weariness. You feel the weariness. There's a little doubt. Right now in this moment, you feel the weariness. And it's that weariness that brings about the thrill of hope. See, God's listening. He's faithful. In the midst of seemingly unrelenting darkness and creation that groans for restoration, hope comes. A thrill of hope indeed. Advent's a time of longing. It's a time of waiting. I'm repeating myself, right? Longing, waiting, anticipate, expect. It's a time when we remember the ancient cry of oppressed people longing for salvation of patriarchs and prophets, of sheep herders and prostitutes, a barren elderly woman, Elizabeth, and a virgin peasant girl, Mary, that culminates at Christmas in the miracle and wonder of God coming to us. Emmanuel, God with us. And so we continue. Right, We watch and we wait and it's hard for us because we know how the story ends. It's hard for me when I'm in Dauphin, when I see people, especially broken people, and I just want to say, Jesus, Jesus gets it and you're weary and he says, come to me and he will give you rest and it's okay because in the end it's going to be okay, but So we wait in the weariness, and Advent invites us to do that. We wait in silence as hope is birthed. We sing songs. What is this? Wonderful. We sing, we sing songs. Oh, come, oh, come. Emmanuel. Oh, come, thou long expected Jesus. Our Prince of Peace drawing us near. As deep cries out to deep, come, Lord Jesus, come. We ache for that. Now, I'm leave you with a couple things. Okay? I want you to look at this picture. I want you to study this picture. I want you to burn this picture into your memory. Here comes a cliffhanger. <clears throat> Last year, when we were in Dauphin, We participated in a prayer walk or a prayer drive. We went to a number of different places in Dauphin. We prayed. We walked around buildings and we prayed. And in some places we were silent because we had no idea what to pray. One of the places that we went to, one of the places that we prayed at, was Whitmore School. I want you to remember this picture. Because in a couple weeks, when I get to talk to you about joy, and when I get to tell you what God did in the space of a year at Whitmore School, it'll bring you great joy. It brings me great joy. Hope. In the silence, that's hard. It's hard to sit in the silence. It's hard to allow our minds to remember, to think back, to await God's movement. So sit with me, okay? Cliffhanger out of the way. Got to wait. Got to wait. Sit with me, Herman. Wait with me. Just for a minute. Long with me for a minute. Hear these words of Frederick Buchner. You want to close your eyes? You can close your eyes. You want to read them on the screen? You can read them on the screen. In the silence of a mid-winter dusk, there is far off in the deeps of it somewhere a sound so faint that for all you can tell, it may be only the sound of silence itself. You hold your breath to listen. The extraordinary thing that is about to happen is matched only by the extraordinary moment just before it happens. See, Advent is the name of that moment. If you concentrate just for an instant, far off in the deeps of yourself, somewhere, you can feel the beating of your own heart. For all its madness and lostness, not to mention your own, you can hear the world itself holding its breath. Can you hear it? Just be still. and Just listen. Can you hear it? He's coming. He says he's coming. Just listen. The manger's still empty. We have one. We have one candle of hope. He's coming, but he's not here yet. Hope comes, hopes birthed in silence, hopes birthed in the darkness, in the messiness, and in the ugliness. And we'd be wise to enter into that every once in a while, especially this time of year, to remember. Let me bless you. And we can go and share um, in Lisa's good stuff because I already saw it was downstairs. Hear these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages now and forevermore, world without end. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. We like to jump from the first week of Advent to Christmas. He's coming. Oh, he's here. Ah, we wait.